Kevin O'Connell will be introduced to the press conference as the new Vikings head coach. Only the 10th coach in team history. Will Kevin O'Connell win a Super Bowl in Minnesota? We'll see what he says today. Mr. Viking fan, Mr. Purple People Eater over there, how you feeling about the new head coach, Kevin O'Connell? I wanted Jim Harbaugh. That's how I'm feeling about Kevin O'Connell. Gosh. Hey Vikings fans, this is your new football coach, Kevin O'Connell. Could not be more excited to be joining you guys. So great to have you guys aboard. As somebody who's been on the visiting sideline at U.S. Bank Stadium, I can tell you it's the best atmosphere in the entire NFL. I cannot wait to be on the home sideline and giving you guys something to cheer about uh, this coming season. Thursday edition of PFTPM. I don't know who that jerk was that said all that stuff this morning. <laughs> I know it looked like me and sounded like me, but Chris oh, Simpson said evil way twin, worse huh? things about Jim Harbaugh. Way worse things about Jim Harbaugh. Hello, Miles. He's oh my here. God, he's got a. N- wait a minute. 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 I, I, I can. I can. I can let you slide for one day, but come on, man. Come on. What? Come on, Rams again. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. This is some uh, classic St. Louis Rams attire. I got to throw it back for all my people still with the Rams who were there in St. Louis. It's got the little RBN logo right there. It's Rams Broadcasting Network. It's what we used to be back in the back in the old days, 2014, 2015. You know, when we first came out here, that's what we were. So I'm repping that today. The notorious RBN is, I guess, what uh-huh. they called it back uh-huh. in the day. Hey, hey, you probably never heard that one before. Hey, um, <laughs> let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Okay. What do you think Stan Kroenke does when he sees that St. Louis Rams logo? <laughs> which, which body part do you think shakes the most? <laughs> I don't think, you know what, honestly, I don't think they care very much, but I can tell you that people, allegedly, people used to not really like that we had our own gear and that, you know, we were RBN, which is why eventually we were ch- renamed something else. But now they're Ram Studios, so I guess, you know, what's old is new again, except it's, R- it's not RBN anymore. But people on the football PF- side, I hear, I hear still say it's RBN, so that's what I'm repping today. It's still better than the current logo. Much no, it's better. No, it's not. Than the current logo. No, it's logo. not. You no. know what's funny? The current- people, no. People no. hated the dog. We call this the dog head. A lot of people never like the dog head, and I refuse to sit here and let you better, assault better than, the better, logo better than, that I created oh, for a second better, straight day. I remained uh, silent yesterday. I will not do so today, Mike Florio. You will not do this on the week that the Rams just won the Super Bowl. Dog head, you say? Hmm. Well, uh, uh, for some reason, <laughs> I want to smoke a camel cigarette every time I see that, that uh, new logo. Anyway... Uh, God, I have no idea where to go from here. A guy who won't have to worry about the, the upgraded dog head logo anymore is Kevin O'Connell. He's no longer employed by the Rams. He don't work here no more. Neither do I. Maybe you haven't heard. I don't shine shoes no more. Uh, so, uh, he's now in charge of the Minnesota Vikings. The press conference probably is happening right now, so I'm sure that there are yeah. no Vikings fans watching us. Instead, they are listening to all of the hype and 
pomp and circumstance and we're going to win Super Bowls and we're going to get them on the run and we're going to go, go, go. We're going to fight, fight, fight. And we want you to buy, buy, buy those tickets, tickets, tickets. Come on, renew your season tickets. Feel good about it. We got a, a young strapping lad to replace that old crusty curmudgeon who was the coach. We've gone the exact opposite of Mike Zimmer. Please renew your season tickets. It's, it's a business. And I hate to bust anyone's bubble. I've gone through that when I was younger. Well, you accept the fact that it's ultimately a business. You want it to be something bigger than a business. It's big business. It is. It is. And, and uh, I think they wanted somebody who would act, sound, and look like the exact opposite of their last head coach. Sure. I mean, I guess that that makes sense. But it's also, you know, partly strategy. You know, when you have somebody who has the quarterback um, experience there, and not just playing it, but also coaching it and coaching it with the quarterback who's currently on the team. So this is not just, you know, you keep calling it the flavor of the month. And I, I feel like in some ways, yes, that is true. But it's not like Kevin O'Connell hasn't done anything to boost his own resume, you know, and get there um, on his own merits with the Minnesota Vikings. It, we'll, we'll see how it works. I mean, obviously, he's going to say all the things that you want to hear that you were just referencing, right? Like, oh, we're going to play an aggressive style of defense. We're going to attack on offense, and we're going to be aggressive, and we're going to maximize the talents of the players that we have. And, oh, my gosh, who wouldn't want to work with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen? And Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, and I've worked with him before, and I'm so happy to work with him again. I mean, it's probably all the stuff that, you know, you can see right now on Vikings.com if you really wanted to but I, I mean I don't think that that means anything good or bad about O'Connell we'll see what he turns into and we promise that in every game we will indeed try to score more points than the other team and that seemed <laughs> like a given until 16 days ago but sometimes you need to reiterate that yes we indeed will try to win each and every game the Vikings also have added Mike Pettin as assistant head coach your former head coach in Cleveland, and Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator who comes from Denver most recently when he worked with the Broncos, and he's been around a long time, and I don't know if they're moving to a 3-4. Ask Mike Nolan how that worked in Dallas a couple of years ago. I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm sorry. Their dalliance with Jim Harbaugh excited me. This I doesn't see. excite me. It doesn't excite me because I thought with Jim Harbaugh it was a chance to go all in, burn the candle bright at both ends, and try to go win that Super Bowl. Jim Harbaugh is driven. That's why he's coming back. He's not coming back for the money. He's not coming back for the fame. He's not coming back for the power. He's coming back with one goal in mind, to win a Super Bowl. Isn't that what you want? Is that not what you want? I, 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 I would assume that's what you want. So, And I know that Kevin O'Connell will say, oh, we're going to try to win the Super Bowl too. Well, yeah, join the club. Are you going to do what needs to be done to do it? And, Miles, we spent a long time talking about this today, Sims and I, about the Rams' bold moves, and other teams are reluctant to do it. And, you know, the Bills, for example. Now, Brandon Bean, the GM, is like, well, you got to worry about two or three years from now. Well, you know, if they'd had Von Miller and OBJ against the Chiefs in the division round, they may have been the ones having the parade yesterday. you got to be willing to make the bold moves at the bold time and do the bold things. And there's nothing bold about any of this. It just seems like cookie-cutter, predictable, same old, same old, lather, rinse, repeat to me. I, and I'm sorry. Maybe I'm dead wrong, and I hope I am for the sake of Vikings fans everywhere. But it just feels boring and ordinary to me. I don't, I don't think you're that sorry, first of all. But I do agree with I'm you that it's, it's not just – yeah, exactly. But you keep saying I'm sorry, but – 
when you say I'm sorry, but it's like when you say with all due respect, like when you said earlier today, with all due respect, like what's up with Ed Donatel? But I think you actually put it a little more uh, so, uh, surlier than that, you know? But, I, you know, I, I agree. I understand what you're saying, that this sort of seems like lather, rinse, repeat. But when you talk about, you know, building a culture, establishing something, and what do the owners of the team want to do? How do they want to do that? This is the guy that they chose. So whether, you know, it could have been Harbaugh or not, whether that would have worked or not, you know, and, and frankly, when you have somebody like Kwesi Dafamense in there as general manager who was with Harbaugh before – and saw how things fell apart in San Francisco, I, I, it makes sense that, you know, if somebody who knows that would say, hey, yeah, let, let's still talk to this guy. Let's see if we can't work something out with this guy. I, I understand your disappointment with that. But by the same token, that doesn't mean Kevin O'Connell is going to stink. And you just seem to be very convinced that Kevin O'Connell is going to stink as a head coach. Well, I don't think he's going to stink. I just think he's going to be 10 and 7, 11 and 6, 9 and 8. Maybe they'll get lucky. That could and go get you to the playoff. That could get you to the Super Bowl. Know, 10 and 7 did that with Cincinnati this year. Know. You know, we just saw two I, I four seeds go into the, the, the postseason, win games, and then make it to the Super Bowl. Why do you got to be so downtrodden, Mike? Smile more. Come on, man. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> But I can't help feeling the way that I feel. And Kirk Cousins is part of the problem because I think that Kirk Cousins can be counted on when it's time for a big play to be made in a big spot to not make it. That's why when he made the throw in overtime against the Saints in the playoff game in 2019, it was such a big deal because it was like, hey, Kirk Cousins can win a playoff game, can deliver a big throw in a big spot. And before the touchdown to... Kyle Rudolph, it was the long throw to Adam Thielen. I mean, seize the day. That's the kind of stuff the Vikings don't do. But since then, they haven't been back to the postseason. So the challenge is going to be getting the most out of Kirk Cousins. And one of the things I reported on the Super Bowl pregame show, an exercise in some bomb dropping as it relates to serious NFL issues. But before I got to Daniel Snyder, before I got to Stephen Ross, I mentioned that Kirk Cousins views it as a positive that Kevin O'Connell will be the head coach, but Cousins not yet ready to commit beyond this year. They owe him $35 million fully guaranteed for 2022, the last year of his contract. Last year, when he was making the rounds virtually during Super Bowl week, he was on this program with Shereen Williams and me, and I asked him about redoing his contract with the Vikings, and his attitude at the time was, I have no reason to do it. And without getting too deep into the weeds, he got a $45 million cap charge this year. Because he was tagged twice before by Washington, he'd get a 44% raise over the $45 million cap number. And it's somewhere north of $60 million if they try to tag him for next year. So he's got all the leverage. And we've seen him for as limited as his performance is on the field. And I know he's good up to a ceiling. He's great up to a ceiling. Off the field, he's one of the best businessmen we've ever seen because he has positioned himself yet again to force his way to the open market. Now, the question is who will pay him big money on the open market, but if he has a huge year, he's got the Vikings right where he wants them. So I don't know what the Vikings are going to do. Maybe it makes sense to force him to have a contract year, force him to have a great year, and then have to compete for some other team with his services. But for now, he's not willing to do an extension, but... The fact that they hired O'Connell is a positive. They have one year together in Washington when O'Connell was the quarterback's coach 
So we'll see. And just because they worked together in the past doesn't mean that they've been pining for the opportunity to work together again. There's a chance that they don't really like each other. I mean, I don't think Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer would want to work together again. So we wouldn't say in the future, well, they spent time together in Minnesota. So what? They don't want to spend any more time together. But I think it's good for, o- for O'Connell and Cousins. And now we just we see what happens. We see what kind of moves they make in the, in the offseason. I'm not kidding about the defensive thing. If they're going to dramatically overhaul the defense, you can only get so many new pieces to fit a different defense in one offseason. I'm a fan of using whatever defensive system fits your players. Don't try to... To, to jam the proverbial square peg into the round hole. I hate when coaches do that. Sure, yes. And I, I think that that's one of the things that, you know, this is not what we're talking about, but should most excite Raiders fans about somebody like Patrick Graham, who just basically has said, throw out 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three. I'm using the best system that fits the players. And frankly, in this day and age where you've got three wide receivers set so often, you're, you're just not necessarily going to see teams in their base packages all that much. That's just not really what happens. So, I mean, you're talking about Ed Donatel and, you know, how that really doesn't excite you. I understand why he's 65 years old. He's been around for a long time. He's had three stints as a defensive coordinator before, but what he has done is he has been around Vic Fangio basically since 2011 when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, he's been with Fangio with the, with the Niners, with the Bears, with the Broncos. And that Fangio system is very adaptable, right? And it really does, I feel like, adapt to the strengths of the players. Kevin O'Connell has been around it for the last two years with the Los Angeles Rams because Brandon Staley brought it in, right, as he was defensive coordinator, then took it with him down the 405 uh, to Costa Mesa where the Chargers are, wherever the heck they are down here. Um, So now you have Raheem Morris basically running the same system as well. So Kevin O'Connell's seen that system. He wants somebody who's going to be able to run that. I I don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal that Fangio's base is a 3-4. They can make it work because, like I said, you're running so many sub-packages, especially in a division like that. So I I think it's going to be okay, you know? And I, I don't. I don't, I don't want think okay. It's I'm to too. Be, I'm I too freaking okay. old for okay. I'm too. I'm too old for anymore, okay. So like, la, 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 la. No. I'm not just saying. I'm, I'm, I say listen, okay. I don't want like, okay. No, I want work. a Super Bowl. All right. Well, okay. that's great. I mean, like if if, okay. if somebody like oh okay yeah fine if somebody like a Jim Harbaugh this had gotten fine. there right you probably would have gotten you maybe would have gotten Vic Fangio. If Fangio decided, actually, I'm not going to take this year off. I'm going to go back and work with the guy who we got to the Super Bowl with, you know, in, in San Fran, right? But now you've got somebody Good. who maybe Fangio light, but Fangio lights worked in other places. So, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, this is not you're 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 saying this like this is doomsday. It's not doomsday. You got to see how it works. I'm not saying it's doomsday. It's not doomsday. Also, it's the same old crap. Let, it's the same old crap. Same old crap. When you were like. Wait, wait, wait. Did you contradict your own report when you're like, oh, uh, I, Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins see it as a positive, but maybe they don't even like each other? Why would it be a positive no, if they don't no, like each no. other? I didn't say that. I, ju- I say we just shouldn't assume that because they spent time together, they're, you know, pining for the opportunity to work together. But again, if it's a positive, then why? A positive. I know. Because I'm looking for any reason I can to be negative. Lay off me. I'm I know. Starving, I see that. Okay. <laughs> Lay off me. I'm starving. Now, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I, you, this is, this is very distressing to me. I've never had a midlife crisis, or at least I haven't had one yet. It's a little bit late for me to have one. Knock I am on 56. No, it's but, not. but 
I will say this. Well, I would like to buy a Ferrari, and maybe I will. But I would like to make one comment. I prefer football coaches to be older than me. And the fact that the head coach of the team that that drew me into this sport, that drew me into this league, that got me passionate about pro football, this is the first time the coach is older than me. And I don't know how – he's not just – or younger than me. He's not just younger than me. He's young enough to be my son. That that kind of bothers me. That doesn't sit well with me. I don't know how I can trust these whippersnappers running the <laughs> sacred trust of the Minnesota Vikings. That, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm down on it. It's one of the reasons what why I'm down on kid. it. That's going to keep uh, my kids only going to keep happening. So, like, I mean, I, there are, I know, there are about I know. guys who are, you know, good position coaches and maybe even coordinators who are my age or younger, too. So, you know, I, know. I, I, know. I understand I know. that, like, I'm that's weird. I had to adjust to players not being just older than me anymore, right? As I was coming I up, remember that that we have to make. It is. I mean, at least I'm basically the same age as Aaron Donald, and we've been, I've been covering this league as long as he's been in it. So as long as he's still the greatest defensive player in the game, like, I feel like I'm all right. So hopefully he doesn't retire. Aaron, that's another reason for you not to retire if you're watching, which I'm sure you're not. I, how do you know he's not? I, I, remember, I remember when I started to get to the same age as the guys playing in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, the guys entering the NFL were several years younger than me. And then all of a sudden, they were significantly younger than me. And now, now I've gone through the, my son is the age of guys playing in the NFL. Oh, wait, they're now three years younger than him. Oh, wait, they're now four years younger than him. So mm-hmm. anyway, it's just, hey, hey. I got my perspective on aging and life and death from Tuesdays with Maury 20 years ago. And Great book. It worked. It worked. And I've, I've, I think it's the reason I've never had a midlife crisis. I think that's the reason why I can joke about being another Friday closer to death. I can deal with it. We all get our ride. It just depends on when it starts and when it finishes. But we all get our ride. And uh, so be it. So uh, anyway. Um, this is suddenly very depressing, but also realistic. Jim Harbaugh, by the way, he, uh, he gets over $7 million a year for the 2022 season. There's a buyout that decreases each year. It's not going to be an issue if somebody wants him. It's $3 million after this year, $2.25 million the second year, down to $1.5 after the third year, $750,000 the fourth year, and zero after five years. He's going to come back to the NFL at some point if he finds somebody who will hire him. And I kind of hope he does and wins a Super Bowl just so he can shake the trophy in the Vikings' face. See, now you're just being spiteful. Why do we got to be so spiteful, Mike? I know. I am. But that's I, okay. I, that's okay. I am. You get to be. You get to be. Look, I, I think even if – even the funny thing about this Harbaugh thing and the, and, the, um, and the buyout is even if you had to add all of that up, it would only be $7.75 million. So the fact that it's $3 million after one year of this extension just means that he's going to be looking to get back to the NFL every single year. Because if you're an NFL exactly. owner and you have a chance to get the head coach you want for a $3 million buyout, I mean, some of these NFL owners basically wipe their butts with $3 million, All right? Like, they sneeze Hello. and $3 million might fall out. <laughs> so like, that's, not, that's not going to be anything that they, they have to worry about. It, it, it really is a signal to me that he's coming back to the NFL the first chance he gets. Uh, you know, that, you've been hanging around me way too much. I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and take a break. Sean McVay apparently is going to be back for next season. Will Aaron Donald be back? And do I really believe that Sean McVay will be back? We'll talk about that next on PFTPM. 
Sean McVay's fiance takes to social media to say that he is not retiring. There he is with a glass of wine, probably still drunk from the parade. Reminds me Wouldn't of you be? In... <laughs> yes. What was the line in School of Rock? Have you seen School of Rock? Yes, I have seen School of Rock. That's not 80s. When Jack, when Jack Black says he's hungover and he asks the kids, what does hangover mean? And one of the kids says, it means you're drunk. And he says, no, it means I was drunk yesterday. So I think Sean McVay was drunk yesterday, is drunk today, will be drunk tomorrow. So now his fiance is Ukrainian. Is that correct? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Like from Ukraine, like yes, not born yes. and raised in the United States. Yes. So yes, English no, isn't her she first language. Five la- Stop that. She speaks five I'm languages. Not, no. Smarter than I, both I'm, of us. I'm not trying to be xenophobic here. Okay. I don't I, think I'm you just, are. I'm trying to understand. I, <laughs> no, no. My point is, my point is, my point is, there's a, there's a nuance to the term retirement. There's a nuance. He's not going to stop working altogether and cash out and be done. That's what retire means. That's he's not, He wouldn't retire from coaching either. Everybody would assume that he would leave the Rams, he would spend X number of years in broadcasting, and then come back and coach at some point down the road. That's not retirement. It's resignation. Sean Payton didn't retire. He resigned. So, so again, 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 is she, uh, is she properly applying the word? Uh, why not say he's not leaving? Why not say that? So... I, I'm just, I'm not ready. Because why? if you're Sean McVay, because I think this is all a leverage play that he has every right to engage in, Miles. Every right to sit back and say, ESPN, you want me? Bring your best offer. Stan Kroenke, you want to keep me? Bring your best offer. And once ESPN offers him $15 million a year, whatever they're going to offer him, he takes it to Kroenke and he says, hey, you know, it's just... Basically, you know, five piles of the stipe, uh, of the, your, your toilet paper allotment. If you wipe your butt with $3 million, I think the math is accurate there. So I, 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 uh, that, that's what I thought he was setting up. So why would you give that up so quickly unless you really are on a multi-day bender? I mean, yes, he is probably on a multi-day bender. I mean, okay, we're, we're, we're Mr. Semantics with I used to be a lawyer here, you know, talking about retirement versus whatever. Veronica's probably had a few beverages a of her point. own over the last few days. It's, is it? And then the COO of the company just said that, like, he's going to be back. He's yelling on stage. We're going to run it back. I mean, if Stan Kroenke, who also used to pay my paycheck, like, there's – He's going to give whatever Sean McVay wants in order to, for Sean McVay to stay there. So, like, it's not – it may not be a foregone conclusion. We will probably hear at some point that, yes, Sean McVay has signed some sort of contract extension. But, like, I'm not – retirement versus resign. Like, the, the, the semantics here. You know, like, they're, they're okay. sitting there and they're watching the mic'd up from the game. That's what they're, and they've got wine. I don't really think that she's, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to discuss this on pro football talk tomorrow. I got to make sure I've got resign versus retire right. Then maybe it's meaningless. That's my point. Maybe it all means nothing. That's my point. Let me say this. Let me say this. When, when uh, Stan Kroenke was paying you, does he actually sign the checks? Do you have checks from him with his net? Does he sit down and write the checks or does somebody else who signed (laughs) your checks? The treasurers do. Is it Demoff? Like any, oh. like any company, the, the, the treasurer does that, handles that. Do you have direct deposit or do you actually get the checks? I had direct deposit, as I do now. Right. This is not about me. Can we get to what the segment's <laughs> supposed to be? 
trying to rattle you a little bit. Aaron Donald I, tells TMZ, if we bring everybody back, I'm back. Well, you, I mean, if we bring everybody back, no team brings everybody back. So I don't know who he's referring to. The every Buccaneers? football team changes. Well, but they still didn't bring everybody back. I, I Somebody know surely mean, left. Yes. But I know he's, I know I'm being too literal. Somebody did probably well. leave and don't call me Shirley. They, they've got to bring, well, and uh, you, Airplane was out in 1980. Surely you haven't seen that. Uh, Von Miller is one of the key names that they need to bring back. OBJ, MDS made the point on Twitter yesterday or the day before, based upon the amount of time it took him to recover from his 2020 torn ACL, he won't be ready to play at all this year, at all, in 2022. So I don't know. Do they bring him back? Do they not bring him back? I'm trying to figure out what he's eligible for under the CBA. There's a chance he gets nothing and maybe the Rams just give him kind of a, you know, a thank you contract. I don't know. But OBJ, uh, Robert Woods, will he be back? He's got a big cap number. They have to, they have to create some cap space. I, I, I just, again, this is the afterglow of winning the Super Bowl and getting really, really sloppy-ass drunk yesterday. So I'm not putting any stock in any of this stuff because once people get time and distance from the party atmosphere – and reality sets in again, that's when decisions are going to be made. So what are the keys to the Rams running it back? Since we have a former Rams employee, employee of the RBN, with his, with his what'd you call it? What'd you call it, head? The dog head logo. Dog, dog head, head logo? Yeah. Is that what mm-hmm. you call it? Dog head logo. Yes. I'm not even uh, revealing state secrets with things like that. I don't know. It's important to be accurate with language when saying dog yeah. head as well. But um, what's your first pick of what they need to do to run it back? Uh, well, speaking of Aaron Donald, I think the first thing is you got to make him the highest paid defensive player in the league, right? I mean, whether this is a leverage play or not, with all the Donald retirement talk, there's there's something to the fact that he deserves a raise. I, and I remember going to the combine in 2017, and the Rams had just come off their four and 12 season. They just hired Sean McVay, and Les Snead even said, "Yeah, certainly Aaron Donald is a guy who deserves a raise." I think that after making him the highest paid defensive player for about three days before Cleo Mack, you know, became that when he got traded to the Bears. Now, that, that contract was there in 2018. He needs another new deal. And, you know, if they decide that they can make him the highest paid defensive player in the league, I bet that he would come back in order to play for that kind of money. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. And it's in Stan Kroenke's court to take care of this and make sure that Aaron Donald's contract does indeed pay him accordingly for the next three years. Because after three years from now, yeah, he'll be a free agent or franchise tagged or whatever. He's not going to to be physically who he is now, unless we're just completely wrong about him and he'll be the defensive tackle equivalent of Tom Brady and just keep going and going going deep into his 30s. Uh, My my, my pick is same same as yours, just a different job. Pay Sean McVay, make him one of the highest paid coaches in the National Football League. And I, I'm still not ready to put a whole lot of stock in social media posts from his fiance. We don't even know that he authorized that. He may not have been sober enough to realize what she was doing. There's a broader play here, and it's about making sure that Sean McVay is taken care of financially. And that's what needs to happen. And uh, that's one of the things. Because obviously, if you're changing head coaches, you're, you're, you're going to be far less likely to run it back, Miles. Absolutely. No, I I totally agree with you on that. And whether we can put stock into the social media posts or not, I I think that that needs to happen. And 
frankly, for a, a man like Stan Kroenke, who owns as much as he does and has as much wealth as he does, I don't think that that's going to be a problem for him, especially now that they've been able to put a Lombardi trophy on his desk. Uh, but the second thing that I would say the Rams have got to do in order to make it back and repeat is effectively replace Andrew Whitworth. And this may be something yes. that's a little bit underrated. And, you know, Andrew Whitworth has not officially come out and said that he's retired, but I mean, he basically said before the season that this is probably going to be his last ride. He's 40 years old. He just won a Super Bowl playing against the team that he played for, for I think 11 seasons before. Like there's not a better way for him to go out. So now what does that mean? Well, you've got to be able to have a left tackle that you trust. The Rams drafted Joseph Noteboom in 2018, and he's only started, I think, 10, 11, 12 games for the Rams since then. He played well, you know, this postseason when Whitworth had to go out against Arizona. Noteboom started um, that game that they had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, acquitted himself well, well there too, but he's a free agent now. So are you going to say, all right, Noteboom, I don't really know what your market is right now, but we'd like you to come back at a certain rate. And maybe if you play well, we extend you, we give you some more money. It's this, it's that. Or, you know, do you look elsewhere? They don't really have the draft picks or the draft capital to look for a guy who's going to be there in the draft that could come in there and probably start right away, right? So it's going to be something in free agency, whether it's Noteboom, whether they get something done before he hits the market or they look elsewhere. They've got to find out who's going to be their left tackle. Next thing they have to do, from my perspective, is address the Robert Woods situation. That's the elephant in the room contractually for them. He's coming off of the torn ACL that was suffered the day that OBJ signed his contract. He's got a salary of $10 million in 2022, cap number of $15.7 million. Cooper Cup has become the clear number one guy. Remember, there were a couple of years where it was 1A and 1B. And at one point, it was Woods 1A and Cup 1B. Then it flipped to Cup 1A. Now it's clear that Cup is number one. Woods is number two. They need Woods if OBJ is not going to be healthy. So I think they just need to fix this. And they need to reach an agreement where he's comfortable with what he's making. They're comfortable paying it to him. They're comfortable with the cap charge. And they can keep both of those guys. That's going to be a key to getting back to the Super Bowl if they have a chance to do it. Well, the interesting thing, too, is if Odell doesn't get hurt, I mean, would they have perhaps moved on from Robert Woods? Now, you basically don't really have that choice, especially because there is just not enough receiver depth that the Rams have. And so that would be the third thing that I would say, is that you have to be able to increase your depth at receiver. And you've got guys like Skoranek in there, who, frankly, just he, he can't catch, man. I mean, like, there are so many drops and so many plays in the games that he was in where he just was not a reliable target. You have to be able to have guys that you can count on to come in there if it just so happens that somebody gets hurt. Because, it, you know, I tend to think that if Odell Beckham Jr. does not get hurt in the second quarter, the Rams have a much easier time on offense in the second half. I'm not trying to take away anything from what the Bengals did defensively because we saw what they did in the second half against teams earlier in the postseason. But Beckham was getting loose, man. And that when you have that second option there, that's not just Cooper Cup, and you can rely on that target, it makes a significant difference. So Van Jefferson is emerging. I think he can probably take another step forward. But whether they have 
you know, Woods in there, and he's going to be coming off that knee, of course. But with it's Cooper Cup, it's Van Jefferson, it can be Woods, but they've got to get another reliable target for Matthew Stafford. I was going to go ultra hot take and say trade Jalen Ramsey, but I'm not ready to go that Ooh. far. Uh, I, 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 oh, my eyebrows well, was are he, was singed. He, my was, was he not a liability? Was he not a liability in the Super Bowl? That's one of the best receivers in the game, man. I mean, like, I know, he's going to get his. And it's not like, you know, he wasn't torn down I by his face I said, mask. I, I said I was down. going to. I said yeah, I was going uh, to. I didn't say that I was. I think here's, here's what I got to do, uh, sir. Oh, Ivy League guy trying to break down my, 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 my mechanisms for stirring up crap. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh Take care of OBJ, whatever that means. They got to take care of OBJ. They they need to financially take care of him, even if he doesn't play at all in 2022 and otherwise is looking at getting nothing. If no one signs him, they want to wait for him to be healthy. He may be out all the year. They need to sign him to a contract that pays him $5 million minimum for 2022 and let him stay with the team, be around the team, work to get back. He made a sacrifice to come there. He was a difference maker down the stretch. He was the, the best offensive player on the field before the moment where the ACL went non-contact. And we went off yesterday on the fact that, that every field in the NFL isn't, isn't covered in grass, not field turf where your foot sticks and uh, down you go. But I, I think that, that he was a blessing for that team, and they need to take care of him. If, if you want guys like Aaron Donald to feel good about coming back, even if OBJ doesn't play in 2022, you need to take care of him and have him around the team. I, I totally agree with you on that, Mike. And, and I also think that it is a shame sometimes that we have these turf fields when everybody knows that players want it to be grass. I mean, for SoFi Stadium, where the, thing, where the playing surface is 90 feet below ground level, I can understand why it's a little bit impractical to have like a grass field come up from somewhere in the heavens. I don't know. But at the same time, like there are ways of figuring that out. It's 2022, you know, let's figure it out so that all these guys can be playing on grass and it is a player safety issue. And so I like there, there are places where I just don't understand why in the world it's turf. Like why in the world are the Patriots playing on turf? Right. Why did Carolina go from grass to turf? Like I understand that these stadiums are used in a multi-purpose way, but, and I think you said this yesterday, Mike, like the, these men are part of your investment and keeping them healthy should also be part of your investment. So playing on grass should, should be a big thing in that. I think that's one of the great things that the Raiders did when they built their stadium is they made sure that the grass surface was going to be a part of it. Even if you have become completely desensitized to the humanity of your players, and I'm sure that plenty of owners, general managers, and coaches view those players as interchangeable parts that are constantly coming and going because they are. Even if you view them that way, as not human, as robots, as pieces in a bigger machine, if you have a machine with really expensive parts and you only have so much money per year to spend on those parts, you'd like to think... You're going to engineer the machine in a way to keep those parts from breaking unnecessarily. That's what is astounding to me. And it's a classic case of being penny wise and pound foolish. I think teams are just cheap. They are cheap. And uh, it's a shame. And, 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 hey, that stadium is the pinnacle of opulence. They could have found a way to put a grass field in there if they wanted to. Somebody emailed me yesterday. Well, you know, there's issues with waters 
uh, with water in. in a, there's a lake outside of the state. There's a freaking <laughs> lake. <laughs> I think yeah. they'd find enough yeah. water to, yes. to, to water the grass. <laughs> The water would not be stadium. the problem, right? The water would not be the problem. Yeah. It's like, where do you, how do you put the grass under the field? Like, do you have like a little, some sort of underground greenhouse that you roll the field in and out of and like have to dig some sort of alcove tunnel in order to make that happen? I think, you know, I'm not an engineer, so I don't really know how They'd that works. Or a biologist, but they, yeah, I, that you know. Thing, that thing is an architectural and engineering marvel. They would have figured totally. it out if they really wanted yeah. to. Uh, by the way, before we close the books on the Rams, there was an announcement today from Matthew and Kelly Stafford that they'll be covering the medical expenses of Kelly Smiley. She's the photographer that plummeted from the stage yesterday, prompting the Frat Stafford references on Twitter where and, – and look, I know exactly what Matthew Stafford was doing in that moment because I will admit – that at least once or twice in my life, I have done that before. There's been some sort of calamity that I was in no mood to be involved with, so I just walked the other way. I'll admit it because it helps me prove that, yes, indeed, that's what he was doing. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. He, he saw it happen. He said, whoop, I'm out of here. Not my problem. I, I'm gone. That's exactly I, what he was doing. I was, it, it probably was, but I was told by someone at the rally, and if you look at the video, you can tell that he's going to another photographer and what he said, apparently, is, hey, somebody just fell. I have no idea what to do. And in that situation yeah. where we can see Staff that Stafford was as hammered as he was, like, this is not a good look by any means. But if you look right there, he takes a sip of water, and then he's going toward the Rams team photographer. So like, he's, okay. he's not okay. really just I'll trust yet, your source. But, I'll trust your but, source. If he was indeed going for help, if he was going for help, I can I can live with that. The video suggests otherwise that it was uh, yes. like, oh, eh, I'm out of here. Sorry, I'm out of here. Not my yes. issue. But and this he also is where was in no position see, to really help based on how much you know. That's we true. Know he was drinking. He would have fallen. He would have fallen off the stage as well. This is yeah. where I hope that when it's time to decide who gets in and who gets excluded from the great beyond, that it's on an average with your spouse because. He married somebody who brings up the average, as did I. So he, he, he's probably like me, thinking it's a package deal when it's time to have your final judgment from St. Peter. You better hope so. I guess I got to find somebody oh, like that, too, because right now, man, I'm, I'm all alone, and it probably isn't great. Yeah. Trust me. Trust me. There's a very good chance that she's going to be – She's going to be waving <laughs> to me. Maybe they would – maybe – see, my hope is that she is so good that it secures a pass because how could it truly be heaven for her if she's deprived of the presence? See, that, that would that, – that's well, – I don't know. How, how was her I'm week trying. last week when you were in Los Angeles? Because uh, that could tell you something. I'm trying everything I can. Hey, hey, between her and my son, they convinced me to stay. I was ready to leave. I was ready to leave after I went to the NFL experience on Sunday and saw all those people there with the masks, you know, be, per, performing the, the, rule of, the, the role of jowls catchers and not actually being over their faces. I was ready to go, and, and they both separately worked on me to stay uh, because they wanted me to get COVID and die, but, you know, because I have a good life insurance policy. But nevertheless, because of them, I stayed. Let's take a break. 
The NFL has responded. Remember we talked about this yesterday? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Three. That's exactly how many emails it takes to get the NFL to tell me something about their position on the Cowboys scandal. We'll tell you what they said next. So ESPN.com reported yesterday via Don Van Natta that several years ago there was an incident involving cheerleaders who were changing, who were allegedly filmed by former Cowboys PR executive Rich Dalrymple. The incident resulted in a settlement in the amount of $2.4 million with a non-disclosure agreement. Somebody disclosed the non-disclosure agreement, and the team's position is that there was an investigation conducted and no wrongdoing was found. So... $2.4 $2.4 million is paid, no wrongdoing is found, doesn't really add up if you're giving away that kind of money without some conclusion that somebody did something they shouldn't have done to justify that payment. I told you yesterday, Miles, and anybody who may be watching, and if you were watching yesterday, thank you, and if you actually came back today after yesterday, thank you even more. But I sent an email to the NFL requesting comment. They ignored me. I sent a follow-up. They ignored me. This morning, I said, Third time's a charm, unless it isn't, and I got my response. And the response is this. We would decline comment as this was a club matter. I didn't respond to that. They gave me their quote. I had what I wanted. I'm not going to argue with them over whether or not they should or shouldn't view this as something they should investigate. But that's why we have this platform, to comment on their comment. I think it's bullcrap. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's reckless, and I think they're trying to hide this. It's a club matter. Everything's a club matter. The Washington Commanders situation is a club matter. Everything that happens at a team is a club matter. Didn't the commissioner just say last Wednesday we can't let a team investigate itself? That's what the Cowboys did. They investigated themselves. They found no wrongdoing, and they paid $2.4 million to bury it. How is that not a league matter? And, And I'll say this, Miles. I wrote this today as well. This was something that I raised when the Panthers had the issue with Jerry Richardson. And one of the questions was, when you have these allegations that are made, they result in a settlement, when or if you tell the league because the underlying conduct may have violated the personal conduct policy. The thing that they use as a cudgel against the players whenever and wherever and however they can. If it's an owner, well, no, no. Jimmy has a personal conduct policy because of the rampant uh, racketeering that was happening it is but no 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 none of that there and any other example of owners getting in trouble Jim Irsay now he did get he did get suspended for six weeks he didn't lose his revenue for six weeks that's a a different issue and by the way it is addressed in playmakers coming out March 15 but this doesn't sit well with me this is the NFL trying to bury a problem before it becomes a problem that would later need to be buried they've understood if you never dig the bones out of the ground, you never have to go rebury them somewhere else and nobody notices. So we're just not going to do anything with it. If we do anything with it, it's going to become a mess. So we're just not touching it. That's why they said we will decline comment as this is a club matter. That's my opinion. Well, I think you're right in saying that all things are club matters that eventually usually become league matters. Right? There, there's no disputing that. The league is made up of its 32 clubs. So I think inherently when there is something like this and there is a potential misconduct issue, then that should be a league matter. But I, I also kind of tend to think that when you have a report that is extensive as this one is, 
that has already been unearthed and has been published, not just you know in a local newspaper or I don't know some different website. It's it's by ESPN, which brands itself correctly as the worldwide leader in sports. So it's not like this is already something that can now still be covered up inherently because there's going to be more digging that goes on around this from a reporter standpoint right because now people are going to say well is this the only instance of something that has happened like this right and they're going to start investigating it a little bit more so i don't know if that means that the league is really going to do something or that the league I don't, I don't know how the league should be responding to this, I guess is what I want to say, but it doesn't seem like it should be this. It seems like there should well, be something more. If they never investigated it at the time, they should investigate it now. Right. Did, yes. First question is, did they know about it? That was my point about the personal conduct policy. When you have an allegation like this made, it isn't throw money at it and get them to sign an NDA so the league never finds out. That was one of the concerns that emerged in the aftermath of the Richardson case, because I think in that case, Richardson and the Panthers had not disclosed the information to the NFL. And there was a period of time, and it was a point that Mark Leibovich, who wrote Big Game, the NFL in Dangerous Times, made when he was pinch hitting for or answering questions from Peter King back in 2018. There's a fear that it's tip of the iceberg, that there's a reality out there that other teams have used these NDAs. Every company has settlement agreements with confidentiality provisions. Have you told the league about it? What in the world was that? That is. Have you told the league about it or not? That's that's one of the issues. So, Miles, what's going on over there? We lost Miles. Okay. We lost Miles. So I got a kid running around somewhere that I heard in my ear. I don't know if that went out over the air, but if not, there's a kid running around somewhere. Anyway, my point is this, as we try to get Miles back. The, uh, the NFL should have known about this at the time because the Cowboys should have disclosed it, either when the claims were made or when the settlement was paid. So if that never happened, that's one problem the Cowboys have. If it did happen at the time, why didn't they investigate it? Why, why was Rich Dalrymple allowed to continue to be employed if they're paying $2.4 million? Was there really no wrongdoing? If so, did they just spend $2.4 million to buy silence? Now, if it never was investigated at the time, should it be investigated now if the league is just becoming aware of it now? So those are some of the issues that enterprising young reporters should try to, or old reporters in my case, should try to track down as we, we hold the league accountable. It doesn't matter which team. And see, this is why... They tried to brush the Washington Commanders situation under the rug. Okay. They weren't trying to protect Daniel Snyder. They were trying to protect themselves from similar jackpots like this. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we will open up the mailbag as we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFTPM. All right, questions time. Neil watches PFT has this one. Now that football season is over, the GM coaching carousel is over and teams start their offseason preparations. Do you think we will see any unofficial blockbuster trades, unofficial, announced like Matt Stafford? It was Matt Stafford to the Rams January 30 of last year, a week before the Super Bowl. We're now four days removed from the Super Bowl. We are in that window where things can get done. I think that with all these names that are out there this year, and you've got Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray as a recent appearance, Jimmy Garoppolo, who likely will be traded, I think the first domino is Aaron Rodgers. 
I don't think anybody starts moving on these other guys, Miles, until we know where Aaron Rodgers is going to be. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that's probably why we haven't heard any more of that movement already. Because frankly, look, we, we know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get moved at some point, right? I, I just don't think that he's going to be there with Trey Lance. They like Trey Lance, apparently. There's been some more reporting about how they love him, and he's done some great things in practice, da-da-da-da-da. So it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the move. And frankly, it sounded like Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to also be on the move. Carson Wentz is another one of those guys. I don't know what in the world the Colts could possibly get for him, but it seems like they're going to try to move on from him as well. So everybody is kind of waiting on, well, what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? If he decides I want to stay in Green Bay, then things may start progressing a little bit. But until teams know what Aaron Rodgers' plan is, that's the back-to-back MVP of the league. If you have a chance to get that guy, you want to go get that guy. And if you can't, then you start to say, all right, what's plan B? I remember he said last Thursday after winning his fourth league MVP award, he's going to take a couple of weeks, and then the decision is going to come to quote Aaron Rodgers pretty quick. So we are not far away from finding out whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to stay or go. And by the way, the Packers rehired Tom Clements, a guy that Rodgers was salty about his departure. So I don't know. I don't know that. Maybe, maybe they finally are going to bring back Jordy Nelson, maybe Donald Driver. Maybe James Jones. I don't know. They're doing everything they can to get Aaron Rodgers to stay because they don't want to be blamed when he says, I want out. I still believe he's going to say, I want out. The question then is, where does he land? PFTPM Posse, with so many experienced officials quitting slash retiring again this year, should we expect the officiating to be even worse next season? I, I don't expect it to be any better until they make fundamental changes to the way they do things. Sky Judge, full implementation, not just this this half measure, and I think the half measure is going to continue in place. And full-time officials, where you have access to them all year long, you keep them in great shape, you're constantly doing simulations and meetings, you have access to them all week, they don't go home and spend a couple of days with their other jobs, and then they go back to the grind. It's a grind. If you're trying to work two jobs during football season, it is a grind, and you are going to suffer for it from the standpoint of how sharp you are mentally and physically when you're on the field on a Sunday. So I don't expect it to be any better. And Tony Correnti, I think, is the only referee that's retired. So... I'm just more concerned about the way they do their business generally with not full-time officials, without full embrace of video assistance during the attempt to officiate in real time with the naked eye. So I, I don't know if it's going to be worse, but I doubt there's going to be any better, Miles. Well, I, I'd agree with you on that. And, and I would also say that, you know, when people ask, uh, or at least ask me, I don't know that they would ask you that by now. Hopefully they wouldn't. Oh, well, what are you going to do during the offseason? There's plenty of things that we do in the offseason to cover the NFL, right? So from a refereeing standpoint or an officiating standpoint, what you do in like a period that's now right after the Super Bowl, maybe you take off a couple of weeks, but then there's something like the combine. You can go and have a little conference at the combine. There are owners meetings. You can have another conference there at the owners meetings. During the off-season programs, you can have these different officials going around to different facilities and either practicing, being there on the field, telling guys, hey, this is what's legal, this is what's not. You can get more of that interaction. You can do that with, like, like, like I said, there are 32 teams around the country. You can be doing that throughout the course of the off-season programs. You have a little bit of time off before training camp, and then you're back into it 
once training camp starts with preseason games and you're still going around to camps and different things like that. So I think that there absolutely is a need for full-time officials and that they should absolutely be implementing that along with the full-time sky judge too. I've gotten pushback in the past when I've argued for full-time officials. What would they do all year long? Pushback from the people who are part of the machine that is too cheap to have full-time officials. And I've said, you give me an afternoon and I'll have a schedule for you. I'll, I'll, I'll have it together. And, yeah, we'd have to tweak it after. You give me one afternoon, and I'll give you a full-season schedule, a full-year, 12-month schedule. It's not that hard to come up with what these guys would do in the six or the seven months a year when it's not football season. I, it's easy. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, there's no, more, I I, 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 I'd have more details. And, and by the way, by the way, I guarantee you, uh, because when I'm home, I do leave the cave once a week uh, to go to the grocery store. Put a mask on. Go to the grocery store. Uh, get the stuff that I want. I like to handpick my apples. I don't like apples when, you know, like you go pick up your groceries because they, they may give you some bad ones. I want to handpick my apples. But anyway, uh, I guarantee you I will see somebody there and they'll say, oh, so now that the Super Bowl's over, what, you get some time off. You, you're not, what, what do you do until September? Hey, that's a rough life. And I in- invariably will tell someone to cram it up their ass sideways <laughs> because we work, sorry, we work and we, yes, and just- <laughs> well, it's not sideways. Take a banana. Banana sideways. That would be painful. I'm so I'm very sorry. I'm I'm just wow. I'm, I'm loopy and maybe I do need a few months off. But maybe we we don't stop, people. We don't it just tells me that anybody who asks me that question has no idea how it really works. We yes. never stop. And that's fine. We enjoy it. But no yeah, we don't shut off. it down. We're not no we're not as lucky as off. game officials. No the game officials off. get to go to sleep until no September. Or August. Yeah. Bye. Are we done? Yeah. Right. I think, well, and by the way, by the done. way, by the way, we are taking days off next week. I don't know if you know this. No shows next yeah, week. Yeah, I'm still going to work on PFT, but no shows next week. We're taking a break. We'll be back tomorrow morning with PFT Live, though. Thanks for joining us. See you then. Bye.